It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 27th, and you're listening to episode 426. I'm your host, Jason. Uh, as usual, as always, you're stuck with me, people. Sorry. Uh, but I'm joined today by a special guest who hasn't been on in quite a while, and that is Mr. Neil Roberts. Hey, pal. How's it going? Uh, yeah. It's an honor just to be nominated. Yes, indeed it is. You know, when it's building the game, it's always an honor, frankly. It doesn't always. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, really. But it's Really? I, I, when was the last time you were on? I was trying to remember. Time? I mean, time is time moves yeah, both right, fast and right. slow. Like, yeah, yeah. What is time? I know. I, it's funny. Whenever Steph says, "Should we do this one thing?" Like, "Hey, we went up for ice cream three nights in a row. Should we go again?" And I'm like, "Of course, it doesn't because nothing matters. Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing matters. Do whatever. It's just crazy." Uh, so, uh, which is not true. Earning but. the, gaining the COVID nineteen. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm working on. You're working on gaming. What'd you say? Gain, gaining the COVID nineteen. You trying to get COVID nineteen? That's not good. It, it's the it's the freshman fifteen, but oh, the COVID nineteen. I get it. Yes, yeah. I think I might be about there. Yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> like I'm still like walking and like exercising and stuff, but like we're just home a lot and we just eat yeah. a lot. Here, you know something healthy that we've done though. This is really good, right? So for the first time ever, we uh, there's a local farm that does like a co-op thing where you can buy in and then they'll like mm. bring you vegetables yep. every week. And the, so the whole thing I think was, I think it was $450. Um, and yep. so it's like three or four For like months. Two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Like every week we get more vegetables than we can even handle. Like, and we're like forcing ourselves to, yep. to find ways to eat them all. Um, and I'm eating like vegetables I've never even tried before. Um, and it's really fun. Like it's been, um, and they do cool things like one week they brought us this homemade jam they made, which, by the way, strawberry lemonade jam, that is a really good thing, turns out. Yeah, um, seems like it would be. But then, like, last week they brought, like, fresh-cut flowers, like, really nice ones. Um, so they just, they just like, it's it's really cool. And it's supporting a farm that's in our area um, when they're mm. struggling right now because they do a lot of farmer's markets and stuff, and obviously... That's not as big of a thing for them right now. Um, they're starting to come back, but at first, the beginning of the season, they weren't. Um, so it's it's been a really cool thing to um, to support them and then to get some awesome awesome food to try out of it. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. We've been doing the imperfect foods thing. Yeah, every now and I then. saw that after that. That also looked pretty cool too. That's fun. Like we um, we do like a meal planning service. Uh, through something called Plate Joy, uh-huh. which is great. Um, and so I can kind of get a meal, to like get a menu together and then say, oh, well, I need to have spinach and this and that. So I can just throw a box together of, uh, and I try to only buy the actually imperfect stuff. It's kind of confusing using their site, but. Oh, because you, you can, can buy like to- the real stuff or you can just buy the imperfect stuff. Yeah, because the idea is that like you're mostly going to be buying the imperfect stuff, but uh, you're going to have a couple of staples you uh, still need. Right, right. So they kind of try to make it a one stop shop, but I don't, I don't necessarily treat it like that. Right, right. You're trying to get the stuff no one else wants. That is good for yeah. you. That's very good. Yes, because the stuff is still. Well, otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you have like a giant box, and I don't know. It doesn't seem right. Like a great trade off. Right. My <laughs> wife. Uh, she, when, when the whole COVID thing hit, she committed to zero food waste and we've done pretty well. We haven't been perfect, but my favorite thing she started doing that I didn't realize how much we wasted was, so like many parents, we have to cut the crusts off our bread for the kids, right? Otherwise they just won't eat mm. the crust. They throw them away. So she started doing that. She has made like tons of French toast, bread pudding, all sorts of crazy stuff all from scraps. And we pretty much always yeah. have a full bag of scraps and it's super tasty uh, and so it's just little stuff like that has been really cool and fun, um, to do and to kind of keep ourselves, uh, excited about other things. Speaking of, I have one little thing to tell here that I'm super excited about. Like, I can't even explain how excited I am. 
Um, so we're looking at school in the fall, which I'm not excited about. That sounds like a like a nightmare. Uh, the whole thing is just a is just an anxiety inducing nightmare that I have every night and then every day uh, and then every night and then every day. It's cool. Um, I'm assuming you're probably in the same spot with that right now. Well, Kelvin, gosh, what what is he won't be in school till next year. Oh, you know what? Good for you. Because <laughs> guess what? Locked out. Planned ahead. Yeah, he'd probably be at your home. Uh, still in school and it's not great. Um, but that's what we're looking towards doing is probably having our kids be, uh, schooled from not like homeschooled, but like an online thing. Um, so, but anyways, uh, in trying to maximize the space and you've seen our house, we have a, we have a pretty good sized house. It's got four, four full bedrooms. Uh, but my office area is set up in kind of this rec room downstairs, which I love. Um, but when I need to actually work, there's like no barrier, right? Like the kids can just show up. Um, I have to record the podcast at night, mostly because, uh, I can't not make them come in, right? Like they'll just wander into the, into the, into the sound booth as it is at my desk. Um, so, um, so we are taking half of our storage area and turning it into a office, uh, an office, cool. sorry. And I'm so excited about that. I can't even explain how excited I am about that. It won't be huge. It'll be like, I think, 11 by 13 when it's finished. But it's going to be amazing. I'm going to have four walls and a door uh, to actually work in. So I'm. I, that is the most exciting thing of the COVID times that has happened to the Slingerland family. Mostly me. My daughter said... Uh, you know, dad, I'm not really excited about it. I thought you were going to build a room for us to play in. And I was like, you literally have the whole house to play in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and more of the rec room now. Cause I'm going to get all my stuff out of it. So yes, yes, yes. So that's exciting. Yeah, this morning. We, we told Calvin that we were going to get rid of some of his toys and he, he insisted that he needs all of them. Yeah. Been I there, would say, been there. and I would say he plays, he plays with 5% of his toys. Right. But he needs that's. them all. Yeah, he needs them all. Like he's way more. He he's at the age where he's much more excited to, uh, he like he calls it making recipes, like right, right, right. squeezing squeezing random uh, things into a cup, and it looks gross. I mean, yeah, it is gross. Like, don't drink or eat that because it will probably make you sick. It's not good, not at all. It's like some water and some coffee and some toothpaste, and some shaving cream. I mean that's gotta that's breakfast right there. That sounds like a hearty. Get it breakfast. all in there. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. So, uh, you played any games lately? Have you been able to play any games? Yeah, we. Um, my in-laws have been pretty good about uh, keeping kind of quarantined, uh, and we we hadn't had Calvin in daycare for a long time, uh, so we we've, we've been visiting them every now and then. Uh, well, I actually played, uh, my food truck game, my food truck betting game with them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's a fun one. Uh, and that went really well. Like I, I've been making, reworking it so that it's just cards and tokens. Oh, cool. And then making the, um, making the abilities kind of way crazier. Fun, fun. In a way that doesn't necessarily break the game. Uh, and we played that with them and it was really good. Oh, good. Uh, they were, they were like way too. I don't know the right way to say it, but like way too concerned with the game. <laughs> like, like every decision was the most important thing that ever done. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. You're like no, it's not. Which is it's not. It's a fun. Which game, is fine. You know? I mean, it, yeah. You know, they're not they're not big game players. Like it, it's it's kind of you know we're gonna get into what I want to talk about today in a little bit. Did did you also uh, play? Our, is that who you played our legacy game with, or no? Was that somebody else? Oh yeah, the art the art creation game. We played with them too. Very cool. That was yeah, that was fun. I mean, we like <laughs> the joke is when we first talked about the game, I was like, uh, "You're asking whether we should talk about it," and I was like, "Yeah, because I don't have it working," and it's right, right, right. <laughs> like it's in the details, uh, but I played it with them, and I kept making I kept making tweaks. Like we played six rounds or something like that. Uh, and I kept making tweaks and, and it was really fun. And they, uh, like different people were behaving different ways with their cards, depending on how much they liked them. And, and it was kind of neat to see some of the decisions people were making. 
Very cool. And that's so, that's the one. I need to get you a deck of that. Yes, that's the one. Hey, builders, just because you guys care. That's the one we're going to send out to those few people, right? Uh, or is it at that point yet where we're going to send it to them? Or no? Are you just sending it to me to do more testing? I think I'm going to send it. I think I'm sending it to you. Um, but it's one of those things where if any of the people, if any of the builders from like Grand Con have an, like four people that they can play with. Let like us it, know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Because it kind of, I mean, you might, I don't know if you'll have enough people to really get a feel for it right no i i uh, honestly probably well we're we're talking about adding our my mom into our bubble so uh because sure. she's been doing a really good job of quarantining as well and so in and, and it's just you know i mean you you have to eventually like step out and do some things so um that would be three of us so and i think she would get it so that would be i it's not ideal i'd rather have four but we could do it with three so yeah well you can see how it works at that point at least um, right, right. yeah i mean if they're uh, if there's someone that is uh, like able to kind of, they're gonna have to talk with us enough to understand what we're trying to do before they test it. Right, 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 right. Because uh, it's not ready for blind play testing. Because no, no. What no. we're trying to do is we're trying to be subversive, so it makes it kind of difficult to blind play test something when you're trying to get people to behave in a way that they're not aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. that kind of spoiler. <laughs> um, so, but I think that uh, some of our friends that we know from Grand Con, you know who you are. Uh, yep. And if you're like, is that me? And you're from Grand Con, that very well may be you. So just reach out uh, and we'll see if we could, if you've got the, the four players uh, and you know us, um, then yeah. If you feel, if you feel comfortable asking us to uh, explain in, in detail some of the semi-boring nuances of what we're trying to do (laughs) right but the game overall will be will be a riot so you're gonna love it it's gonna make you sad happy joyful you'll dance that's what was great about playing it with them is that i saw that it's something that uh pretty much anyone can get into that is that is good yeah I wasn't expecting that as much, so that was that was kind of fun. So I played one game. Well, I played several games of recent of late. I played Rocky Road on the mode, which is one of my favorite Green Couch games uh, because it's it's a nice mixture of the Splendor style mechanics and the yeah, brilliant style. designer yes. too. No, the designer sucks, um, but you know, but we'll give him a pass because the game is really fun. Um, so my wife and I played that. We really enjoyed that. Um, we played Patchwork Doodle. We played Catan Dice. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, I've never played Ticket to Ride. So we busted out Ticket to Ride and we played it. Nice. And uh, now we've played it twice. Uh, I've managed to win both times by one point and three points respectively, <laughs> which is infuriating my wife. Uh, <laughs> it's just fair because she was ahead and then like the little longest train thing at the end. But uh, anyways, uh, super fun game. As good as I thought it would be. Uh, I do enjoy the thinkiness of it. Yet it's, you know, the decision's feel very meaningful uh but they aren't you know there's no ap because you just have to do something um Mm -hmm. so but it was a lot of fun so we'll keep playing that at some point maybe i'll try some other boards or something uh i need i'm thinking about getting the the ios app for because i've heard that if you like the game the ios app is amazing so yeah i've heard good things so those are my those are my game plays of late yeah Um, we played uh we played wavelength as well oh how is that i heard that was good it was a good time that's another one where we had fun, but uh, there's definitely like a weird competitive, serious vibe to it that I don't think the game warranted. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's odd sometimes to play party games with people that are not in a party mood. I'm, I'm not sure the right <laughs> way to say it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, play, you're playing, you know, someone playing Cards Against Humanity and they're like, Oh, I just I don't know which card to play. Right, it's like, dude, it's a party game. <laughs> like, uh, like they're all like, you know, are they gonna are they gonna like it? Are they not gonna like it? I don't, I right. can't say for sure. Right, right, so right. I'm I don't really know if I can play a card. <laughs> Is that yeah, that kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you you have a topic that I found very interesting. Yep. Uh, when I said come on the show, you said yes. I said what are you gonna talk about? You said I want to talk about this, and I was like, oh, I like that. I like that. So I'll let you introduce it. Yeah. So uh, this is something I've been thinking about for a while because I I can get so I, I mean I have a, I have a number of groups of friends right um, that I've made from different things right you know church and business stuff and and all mm-hmm. sorts of different yeah, things yeah for sure uh, and uh, kind of one of the groups I I 
I they're the funnest group, right? Like they're they're like the the cool group. Cool uh, kids table. Yeah, like where we, you know, if I'm gonna have like a lively party, I'd have them over. Um, but I really have a hard time uh, playing games like with them or uh-huh. getting them over to play games or or doing something like that. And um, we played cards for a number of years, like we a specific game, like we played five hundred okay only for a long time and that always went well but never really got into board games uh and then you know i i've been kind of telling you about the weird kind of experience uh at my in-laws house where we were playing a game but it didn't really feel like we were playing a game uh right right. and so yeah that that's the topic i wanted to talk about is like why why don't people like to play games right or choose to play games right i guess the same is would that be part of it as well or no like, why would people choose not to play games? Well, not just, or that, are you saying actually just don't enjoy it? Yeah, well, like, why? Yeah, why wouldn't you play games? Like, why don't you like to play games? Uh, and I mean, the way that I, the reason I'm phrasing it like that is because uh, kind of after I listened, I've been listening to Brene Brown, uh, and after telling you I wanted to talk about this topic, I heard her talk about the idea of play as well. And so it, that got me thinking about whether it's, um, in in general, a uh, it, it's a cart before the horse, uh, you know, chicken or the egg sort of situation. Where uh, I started wondering if some of this is that that um, people aren't uh, comfortable with play, yeah, or is yeah. it that, or is it that games aren't good for them the way that like it, it it's and i've been trying to unpack that that's a good question right because i mean i've known like i've have much like you do i have different sets of friends right and there are a couple sets that are just not game people at all to the point where like when i tell them i'm a board game designer most of them are like that's a job like you could do that like that <laughs> like like you mean like games for kids like kids play games um, that's revealing, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot about their thoughts on that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's, that is, so I, for those people, I almost feel like it's just like, yeah, they're, um, like it sounds like either a something kids would do or, or those, especially those guys, right. That I know they're like that to, to me, it almost seems like it's something kids would do. Also, it's something nerds would do, right? Neither one of the things that they want to be associated with. Um, but that may just be my very specific, um, <laughs> very specific feelings about it. So you tell me what you're well, thinking. I mean, I think that's that the whole idea of this is that there are people coming to it from different angles, right? Like one of the things I heard someone say and one of the podcasts I listened to that... Um, uh, the games are like uh, IQ tests and like social tests all in one or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, that's like a nightmare for some people. Like, I don't know. I would never, I wouldn't pitch a game like that to someone. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like, Hey, do you, do you want to see your deepest insecurities about how smart you are or how uh, um, charming you are exposed to everyone? Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I do think there is that I, I, I want to say that when I first started playing, because my wife and I have always been like game players, but when we first started playing hobby games, um, so things that were, you know, a little more out of her depth, right? Whether it was because of the theme or the mechanics or just, it was just a little out of her depth. Like I would see yeah. that she always felt very uncomfortable when we were playing those games with other people that I was friends with. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's because she was afraid that she was going to look like she didn't know what she was doing, right? Which yep. we, of course, know is completely okay, right? <laughs> I mean, like, how many times have one of us played a game where, like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm just going to do this, right? And it's no big deal. Um, but but it can feel like a big deal, right? If Especially if you're mm-hmm. a little introverted, it can feel like a really big deal. Yeah, and, and you know, I wonder how much of it is like setting the table for people uh or or setting expectations um because it's tough it's tough because so when i go to protospiels or like when i go to uh you know any of the unpublished game uh game rooms uh 
I, I know that I'm going to be quite lost for pretty much the entire day, right? I'm going to have an experience where I'm, I'm cause, because I'm learning new games, like every single game I'm playing is right, new. Right. And a lot of them taught, are rough, yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Taught by someone that might not even know how the game's supposed to work themselves. Uh, and so I, I kind of, I go into this with this expectation of like, I'm going to be lost uh, and at some point I'm going to, hopefully it's going to click for me and, and you know, even it, me being able to articulate when it clicks for me is an important part of the process. Um, but like, I'm just going into this lost, <laughs> uh, and I, I think that it's like that for every game, not just unpublished games. Um, but it, it is like telling people that you're going to be lost. I, I, I'm not very good at, at explaining that. Um, but I've always been like, well, maybe the way that I pitch that could, could really change someone's mind in terms of how they right, right. experience, how they experience. I, you know, I think to the other, one of the other things that always popped into my head as, as a thing that makes it so like we, we, we talk about certain games being gateway games, right? Catan, mm-hmm. um, I took it to ride. I know I've just started playing it, but I I know that that is another game considered to be a gateway game. Um, you know, they have the idea that like they they are good games that, to pull people in, right? To say, hey, it's not a big deal, play this game. And and one of the things that I think really stands out about that is the theme, right? Settlers of Catan, you're settling an island, right? Well, that makes sense. That's simple, right? There's no low pressure there, right? Ticket to ride. We're we're making train routes. Like, oh, okay, trains. Like, okay, that makes sense, right? Um, and I think that that is something that's not scary and also not off-putting. I had this one friend, and she played games with. Uh, we played games with them for a long time. We played a lot of settlers, a lot of different stuff. But any time that I would bring a game with a theme that was kind of out there, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I don't, I don't know that I would like that. Like I don't know that I would like that game. Like I remember bringing Sentinels of the Multiverse the first time, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to try that." And, it, and I know it was based on the theme because, like, she trusted my recommendations for games, but the theme just, just felt not good to her, right? So she immediately was like, "No, I, I don't want to try it." Um, whereas if I'd brought that game, it'd have been like, "Oh, you're, um, you're settling an island." Uh, but it was the exact same mechanics of, you know what I mean, <laughs> of like of Sentinels of the Multiverse somehow mapped into the Catan world, she would have been all over it, right? Um, and I think that that... And that one's, yeah, that, one, that one's kind of tough because in my head, I'm I'm trying to... The first category I create in my head, um, right? Like, I think it's important for us to get our judgments out here. <laughs> the, the first category I create in my head is like um, people looking for things that might they might not like like pre-disappointment yeah 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 um and i try i'm I'm trying right now i guess to to separate those out because i kind of want to talk about that anyway Mm -hmm. um so i don't that one's tough like if you're if you're in the wrong mood that is that is something that like can easily just be a reason for you not to play like theme or, yeah, I guess theme's the right word for it. You, you know, just, this will be quick, and I promise I'll shut up and you could talk more, but one of the things you just Not said that really clicked for me, um, the pre-disappointment thing, right? And so maybe the crux of it was they're looking for reasons to be pre-disappointed, right? To dismiss something out of hand, right? So if she knows that the four or five games that we play are going to be fun, Right? She would rather take the known quantity that will be a good time than try something new that might not be good. And the the best thing that I can liken that to for myself is when I go to a restaurant, right? If I know there's something good that I really like, I'll just usually just get that same thing. Why? Because I've gotten other things before and then really just wished I'd gotten the thing that I wanted to begin with. Um, and it's that is it's that pre-disappointment, right? Of like, well, this probably isn't good as the other thing, so I'm not going to get it. But sometimes it's even better, right? But you're like, ah, I don't want to do it um, because because we're we're nervous about that. It's okay, and I'll shut up. Go ahead. No, I mean I think that's good. Like that's a, I guess it's worth unpacking that. Um, 
Right. Like the, the flip side of that thought is that I've gone into a bunch of unpubs thinking that I was going to hate a game and I thought it was amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and that's always <laughs> it. And I've definitely played some games that I regret playing like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's one of the things. So one of, one of the other things that's been kicking around in my head. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what I'm talking about now is because I haven't talked to any other human at length for a while. <laughs> uh, all right. So one of the things that's been kicking around in my head, uh, recently, uh, is, uh, there, and I posted about it on Twitter a while ago, but, um, there's a, uh, a researcher around, uh, kind of internet culture is where I would say it. Uh, her name's Whitney Phillips. Uh, and she was saying that the way that people think of free speech, uh, or at least the, the, this kind of, um, way of free speech that people are advocating for, which is like, everyone should be able to say whatever they want. Uh, it, it makes it so that, that the voices that are amplified the most are the people that can have their voices amplified the most. Right. So, which is generally people with power and money and stuff like that. Yep. That but, sounds accurate. But her definition of free speech is the most speech from the most people. And one of the reasons that those things come into conflict is it means that the people with too much speech need to shut up a little bit, right? In order to let other people talk more. Right. Um, right. So, like, this is something that's already in my head. Um, but uh, one of the things I think about in terms of playing games is that sometimes I'm, I'm playing a game for someone else. Right. Like, especially I, I, I used to go to game nights, uh, every month here. Um, but that's what I would do is I'd play games sometimes that I, I knew weren't my typical style of game that I playing, but it's because someone else wanted to play that game and I'm trying to have fun for them. And when it gets right, when it's time for me to play a game that I want to play, I want, I, I want them to do the same thing for me. Because this idea that, like, we're going to all be able to draw Venn diagrams uh, of, of all of our favorite things, and then suddenly there's this perfect game that uh, fits all of those criteria, mm-hmm. and, that we won't, and that we won't just end up playing every single week, uh, it seems like a really high bar. It does. And, I yeah, I've known several people, people you know as well, who you know who I'm talking about, who, like, when they don't want to play a game... Like, because it's not their cup of tea, it will be incredibly yep. obvious, and no one else will enjoy that game because they're going to be such a big baby about it. Um, and to be clear, it's like it's not like it's like a game with like like themes that would make them uncomfortable. They just don't care for the game, um, yep. and they want to make sure nobody has a good time at it either, which is which is too bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm looking for, I guess, flip sides of all this, which is like sometimes. Sometimes it's it's you not wanting something, but and there's trade offs you make for that uh, where you're not playing with other people. Um, I think, but I think to get back on track, the the thing that I'm really trying to narrow it down is people that don't want to play games at all, or only play games that they've grown up with. Um, so after after I pitched this to you. Um, I was listening to uh, Brene Brown's uh, The Power of Vulnerability, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, it's not a book, it's a series of talks that she did at some point. Um, uh, Anyway, it was was recommended to me and I've been really enjoying it. Um, But she uh, she has a list of, uh, there were like, uh, I think she calls them like goalposts of the wholehearted something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is play, right? So I'm like, oh, like my interest has peaked. Um, <laughs> you have my attention. But she, you know, she argues uh, pretty, pretty forcefully that uh, people that are wholehearted play. Uh, and she's not talking about games here, right? Like that, that's what's kind of neat about the whole, this whole part of her discussion. Uh, and she defines... Uh, play uh, with three different things. Uh, she says that uh, play is time spent without purpose, something you don't want to end, and it dissolves your self-consciousness. You you lose yourself in the action. 
right? So those are kind of her three right. things. That's um, a decent summary of a, playing a board game. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's the thing for you, right? Uh, and that's kind of that was what was interesting hearing these these things is like um, back to my in laws when we were playing games there. Time spent without purpose, I don't think was happening, right? Like that first step where I, I think there was a purpose, like to do a good job, right? Or to um, to do the best, you know, or it, it was just this like there was, an, there was an effort to the way that we were playing these games that... Uh, I, I don't know if that fits in with that that thought. The, you know, I, it is tough though to think like, like, it's an interesting definition to say time spent without purpose. Play is time spent without purpose because there is yep. absolutely a purpose to play, right? It rejuvenates us. It it de-stresses us, right? I mean, there. But it's if you it's but if you go fun. if you go into if but if you play. If you play to rejuvenate, it's not gonna rejuvenate, right? Like, it's not. I mean, like, I don't know. I think it, if I disagree if you, with that, if you set aside time for play, I, I think that that works. But if you say like, I'm gonna play today because I really need to rejuvenate, that that makes it harder. Like you don't have days where like I have days where I'm like. You know what? I could do some work today, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just play some games <laughs> and I'm gonna feel good about it. And but that's but that's you but that's you making a conscious decision to play. I don't I don't think that that okay. I like I don't think you're you're going to spend your time playing with that in mind, right? That might be what you decide. You're like I need to play, right? But I don't know if that you go into that. Um, but I, I mean, I think you know. I think when you end up with people that do have heavy analysis paralysis that uh, do are really ultra competitive or are um, trying to use the game as an opportunity to show how smart they are or how clever they are or right. what, or how charming they are like that to me, it, it shows that to me feels like I'm not playing a game. Like that takes me very mm -hmm. much out of it. That's fair. When all of those things happen. So that's where I that's where I think like th those are the things that that um, I find a lot of my a lot of my friends are coming into this experience with wanting to get something out of it. Um, right, right. Other than just to have fun. Yeah, and like she says in the book, like time spent without purpose is for her is an anxiety attack. Right, because they're. There are certainly a ton of people that always have to be doing right. Something. Always have to be, always have to be like bettering themselves or um, working towards some ten-year plan that they have. Right, right, right. And that makes that makes the the whole idea of doing something without purpose can be anxiety-inducing on its face. Right. Never mind that. It, it's it's playing a game. It could be any any activity, any activity where you're, you're just doing it just to do it. Um, right, right. No, I get you. Can be a struggle. Um, the something you don't want to end. I mean that. I feel like that one is most people are going to agree on that one. Absolutely, I agree on that. Uh, and then I also think like you know the the dissolving your self consciousness. Um, I think that one's tough too. Um, I think for most people working on self-consciousness is like uh, a pretty big struggle right now for all sorts of reasons. I mean, if you, you know, if, if all of your life events are documented on Instagram, right. You're, you're probably going to be self-conscious when you play a board game. I don't, it's hard to, to, to think around that. If you're, if you're kind of constantly aware of how people are seeing you, that's fair. I mean, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, like those are those are some of the things, and that's where uh, I started thinking about whether uh, some of this is just a, uh, an aversion to these ideas, or whether it's 
uh, an aversion to board games specifically. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, like the the thing is, there some activity that fits this for them that they'd be more comfortable with, right? Like, uh, I know one of the the things that we've had success with is um, doing like a coloring book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with, like one that has like really fun, weird themes and stuff like that. Um, and that's it's stuff like that that seems to work well. Um, so then I. <laughs> Say okay. You say okay. Well, now we're doing an activity where there isn't this this pressure as much. Although, I mean, even in Brene Brown's book, she talks a lot about um, people who uh, doubt their own creativity because they've had bad childhood experiences with creativity. Right. Right. So maybe the coloring book isn't for them either. Um, the idea of the coloring book, yeah, that I I hate that because like it just makes me think <laughs> about how bad I am at coloring and how I'll just be bummed by how it looks when I'm done, you know. Well, there's your empathy, though, right? Like I think that's that's really interesting because, um, right? Like for the group I'm thinking about, coloring books are a great method of play. Yeah, and good for them. I wish that it was great yeah. for me because I like coloring, but I don't like what how saying, bad like, at it I am. That's what I'm saying. Like your your feelings about your creativity and your artistic sense can run into your ability to play yep. with this medium. So, and then other people struggle with. I mean, games are almost always competitive. They're almost always require some sort of thinking ahead, strategy, like either some you know some strategy, some tactics. Um, they require some math a lot of times. Uh, and, and they're all things that, that people can definitely get hung up on. For sure. So, yeah. So, like, the question is, <laughs> are games inherently bad for some people? Um, or is coloring are coloring books inherently bad for some people? Or are they things that, like, we should be working on in, in, our, in ourselves or... Um, finding ways to dispel those worries for people that are approaching board games. Right. It's, I mean, the power of games to transform people, right? Um, and to transform how you see things is, you know, you're not going to get that out of a coloring book, right? Like, I'm not going to color something and be like, whoa, I mean, maybe it's like a magic eye coloring book if that's a thing. But, mm-hmm. like, board games have the ability to really change your perspective on something if done well and um i think you know so i i'm always going to advocate that games are important for everyone right um but i also understand that some people will just really hate them and you know i struggle on that i walk a fine line between hey it's okay that they hate the games right that they just don't like games but when somebody says i don't like games in general i do not like games you know what the first thing I think of is? You just haven't found the right game yet. <laughs> like, that's what I, like that's immediately as a gamer and as a designer, the, that's the first thing I think. You just haven't found the right game. Let me help you find the right game. But but yeah, if if playing a game causes someone so much anxiety and unhappiness that it's a negative experience, then no, of course they shouldn't play games, right? Um, I think we should take away any barriers for entry that might be causing that. But if, if you've done that and it still is not a good experience for people, then absolutely they should not play games, right? We have to respect people's boundaries with that sort of thing. Yeah, like what if... It, sort of like one of the reasons is, for example, like I don't want to spend three hours wasting my time playing games, right? Right. How do you, like how do you how do you speak to that? Um, well, I would first of all say, is there an amount of time you're willing to spend wasted playing a board game? <laughs> no, really. I mean, truthfully, right? Because like when you say like, I'll be honest, I don't like three hour games. If somebody says, "Hey, you want to play this three hour game?" I'm not going to want to play it. And this is the whole right, reason. Two, two one and a half hour games. <laughs> even two one and a half hour games, right? Like I struggle with. I have this competitive nature about me, and when you make me play an hour and a half to two hour long game, and then in the end I've lost, I better have had a really good time playing that game, because if I didn't, 
I'm just going to be upset that I played it, right? And it's it's because I'm too competitive about stuff. I know that about myself. Um, and that's that is that is a flaw, something I need to work on. Um, but like if now if I played an hour and a half game and it was super fun and I lost, cool cool, I don't care. Um, but it's not very often that I find those games fun, right? So like winning doesn't even make it fun. It just is like I accomplished something. I won the day, right? Um, but yes, if somebody says I don't, if somebody says I don't want to waste time playing games, I, I think I would try to. I would honestly probably just start pulling out the coaching tools on them to try to figure <laughs> out what is the real reason they don't like games. And if it turns out that like games just aren't fun for them, that's okay. But a lot of times I do think it's these preconceived notions that people have about games. Um, or they've only played bad games, right? Which is like, how many people have we met that have only played bad games, right? And we've been able to introduce them to games that have completely opened their minds up about games. I mean, for, for the record, you and I were once those people who had only played bad games, right? Um, and by bad games, I mean games that we did not enjoy, you know, games that were not fun to us. Um, well, I like to say there there have been rough edges that we've uh, smoothed out over the years. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that the thing that it, this conversation's got me thinking is, uh, it's almost like how do how do we start thinking of games being each moment right where just the act of playing the game is fun, right. Right. That that's so subjective though, right? It's so it's you you have to ask yourself what are you trying to get out of that game, right? Because if you're following like what Brené Brown said about play, like like that game a game very well may not check the boxes for you with that, right? Um so yeah, I mean I think you just have to like what are you looking for? Are you looking for a friendly experience, a camaraderie? Are you looking for com- competition, right? Uh, are you looking for like really something that allows you to be thinky? I mean, those are all different things you have to understand before you sit down to play a game. Um, I think that's, you know, that we, we all have to know that, right? I mean, there have been nights where I've been like, I really want to play this game. And then by the time it gets time to play the game, Steph's like, all right, let's play this game. And I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to now. Like, it just, it's not going to be fun. Um, so I tend to do that when it comes to learning new games where I'm like, Oh, we're going to play this new game. And she's like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, no, I gave up. I don't want to, I don't want to read the rules anymore. <laughs> I quit. Um, which that's a me problem, but, but that is a reason that I don't play some games. Right. Well, that's where, you know, f- for me, I, I really try to get into those moment by moment decisions. Right. If, if I do really dislike a game, it's usually because, it's a game about like you're a farmer, but then you don't get to farm. Those are the games that right, I usually right. really don't like. Yeah, we talked about that with uh, when I had Sun and Banana on, where it's you have to have a game that follows up on the promise that it gives to you, right? Um, and I had mentioned I think Artifact Inc. by Ryan Lockhat, and I had said mm-hmm. that it's a good game, <laughs> yep. but when I look at it, I look at the cover, I look at everything, I expect that I'm going to be Indiana Jones, and instead I'm a set collector. And that's not fun for me for that game. Now, if that game had been presented in a completely different way, I may have loved it. But it's not what I thought I was going to do when I played that game. So, yeah, I think that that is part of it for sure, is that you're following up on the promise of what the game is. And if you're expecting one thing and it's completely different, that could end up being a bonus. uh, Or it could end up being something that really turns you off from the game. It's funny because where I think this discussion has landed me is even someone coming into this situation into playing games, even with the best attitude, can still end up in a situation where they hate what's happening. Yeah, it's true. And that's really, that's really, it's not where I thought we were going to end up, which is really interesting to me. Um, So I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you really sell someone on on that uh, that idea about right. board games. Like you you might you might really hate this. <laughs> but we we feel that I mean we've all played games where like partway through we're like I hate this game, I hate yeah. this game. You know, everyone else can be having a good time and you're like I really just wish I could not be playing this game. I've had 
like some popular games. You there's the one I don't want to mention it because but it was the Roll and Write game, right? That we played at Grand Con, and everyone was Gaga for it. Everyone is Gaga for this game, and I hated it. Like I hated everything about the game, um, but I should have liked it, right? It had all the makings of something I should have liked, but instead, it was a terrible experience for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that that could happen, right? But yes, if you're not into games, it's way more likely to happen uh, than if you are into games. <laughs> what? What? Just yawning in mid-sentence. <laughs> couldn't help. It's late, man. I'm tired. I'm exhausted all the time. Well, it's funny. It's funny because, like this, the you know the Brene Brown topic. The the idea of the book is about vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it almost seems like I, I think uh, one of the things that I've been bad at is when I don't like a game, I don't. I don't talk about it in a way that is like interesting or helpful. I pretty much good. I was, I was just laughing. I wasn't going to say anything. I pretty much just get like angry and you know, like my face is red and I'm just like stewing. Right. But it's almost like, I think finding, finding a way to be like, you know, I really thought I was going to like this, but I really, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm not having a good time. Uh, and like, I don't know, talking about it would probably help a lot with, with right, some right. of these experiences, uh, in, in, in a nice sort of way, like, uh, it's not, it's not someone's fault that I don't like a game or that you don't like a game. Um, like even if, even if there's a mismatch in the premise, right. Um, right. But I, I think there's almost like, a, a, I need to be more mindful of if I'm in the middle of a game and I don't like it, like at least making people aware of that that's what's happening. Well, you can go too far with that though. Like that's what I'm saying like but you, that's what authenticity is about, right? Like you shouldn't you shouldn't be pissed at a game if if it's not if it's not your 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 cup of tea, even if it's bad. Um someone liked it obviously, otherwise it wouldn't exist. Right, right. Oh, there's plenty of games that aren't our style, right? But I, yeah. what I was saying was you don't want to be the person that's like a jerk about it, right? You're just like, no, no, no. this game is the worst. Oh, I hate this game. Oh, oh, oh. No. right. And I've, I've been that person before more than once. And I look back and I'm like, oh, why are you such an idiot? But at the time, I was just really annoyed that I was wasting my time playing this game um, because I thought it was bad. And everyone else was like, this game is so good. And I was like, I hate this game. Like, you know. Um, well, I'm just thinking, like, let's say you're playing a game and you're really struggling with like, you're being timed. You're like, you, like Lovelace and Babbage where you're doing math on a timer, right? You can imagine having a really bad first round experience and then right. being like, guys, look, I'm really struggling with this. Like I get what's going on here, but my brain doesn't work like this. And like, then you could at least have an experience where people are like, Oh, like here's what I'm doing. Here's some tricks. And like, here's some tricks that I'm doing. And like, let's just keep playing. Who cares if you are doing a good job or not? Right. Like, that that can come out of the experience, um, and that might. I mean, I think that that gets back to to not having a purpose when you play, because because even then, like you know, if, if you're not willing to say, you know, in a nice way, that that you're not having as much fun as you had hoped. Like if you're not willing to say that, then your purpose is, I want to like look like a good person and and how I want to make everyone feel happy and like enjoy I en- I'm enjoying myself right right I think that yeah the only time you have to do that is when it's a prototype <laughs> then you should still <laughs> be polite you know and not say I don't like this game you know you shouldn't I'm be even saying like just saying like I don't like this game I don't think that's enough like I, I, th- I really think you should just share what you're honestly feeling uh, like that's the even if you feel dumb, like, you know, this game makes me feel dumb. Right. Yeah. That's a tough, it's that's a tough though. thing to say, but that might be why you're angry, right? Like you right. might, you might, you might decide that, oh, that it's cause the, it's cause the theme doesn't match. That's why it's terrible. But really, you know, it's that you, you made some bad decisions and, and you're feeling kind of down on yourself. Right. That's fair too. Well, this was an interesting discussion that went some places uh, like you. I yeah. did not necessarily expect. So, yeah. Thanks for bringing this topic. But uh, now, sir, you need to pitch a game. 
So this what this is. Um, I think was Julio on the show talking about people misspelling his name, or was that uh, at a convention? It might have we just been at. in that person with us talking. I think. I think that was at Origins. Yeah, maybe it, it might have been at the Tiki Bar. Um, but I think it was I think actually. He, <laughs> I, I think he said at one point that someone spelled his name W H O. Yeah. L I O. Uh, and we just thought that was hilarious. And and at some point during one of our calls, we decided that we need to create a game called Julio. Yes. That is spelled W-H-O-L-I-O. Um, and so I'm going to go through every, everything that we've figured out so far, which is not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. We, we definitely we, had some iterations that were garbage. Yeah. That did not live up um, to the Julio name. So I'm going to... I'm going to pitch in general um, what we're what we kind of have thought about so far. Sounds great. Um, so number one, <clears throat> uh, it is going to be some sort of domino type game. Yep. Where you get rid of one of the dominoes at the start of the game, and that is Julio. J U L I O. Um, but uh, there. Uh, some mad scientist has uh, and has has figured out a way to turn a cardboard box into a matter altering device. Um, and for those of you uh, that that are big Calvin and Hobbes fans, uh, this is Calvin and Hobbes um, a cardboard box that he uses to do all these behaviors. I'm I'm obviously a fan. My son is named Calvin. So right, right. <laughs> Which he is, he's living up to his name. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so we were thinking that we would have um, these uh, domino type things, uh, probably just cards that are like um, types of creature, um, how smart they are, uh, and then like, like maybe some sort of color. But anyway, like a few different stats on them. Uh, and then uh, each card is also. Uh, one of these um, cardboard matter-altering devices. Um, and in in Calvin and Hobbes, they have uh, a duplicator, uh, which is just a cloning thing. Yep. Uh, and we so we were thinking that like it, it would uh, like maybe keep the type of creature the same, but its color changes or something like that. Um, you have uh, the transmogrifier. Uh, which in Calvin and Hobbes can can change uh, him into a completely different type of creature. Uh, he has the cerebral enhancetron, uh, which lets you uh, change the uh, on our cards. We change like the IQ uh, of the card or the number, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah, the number. Um, and then the time machine, uh, which I think we had talked about um, being able to actually like slide into some part of the timeline and, and right. have branching timelines. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, the, I think the idea from there is that we were going to, um, have some sort of progress where you're going to eventually figure out what the last card is. Um, like, like you would, uh, in dominoes, we were trying to make sure that you have, uh, you know, enough left over. Right. So, where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah, this has been this one has been a struggle. The first version of the game we made was literally just counting cards, like one hundred percent. wasn't in, That wasn't the intention, but that's what it turned out to be: <laughs> counting cards. The game. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was bad. Um, I, one thing I did have was you know with the timeline, the time machine thing, we really struggled how to use that, and I just thought that if it was as simple as dominoes. And you have two things on each card. Basically, you just make your time machines your double dominoes, you know, where it's yeah. at the same. And then you just put that right in, and now it's a branching reality. That's super easy. Um, maybe we had already did that. That's so easy, but I feel like we didn't, and that seems easy. Well, I think, yeah, I think the interesting part of that is you can you can do it where you like slide it in between. Um, I mean, it would just be like, cause, you know, in dominoes, your two numbers are always going to be the same touching. Or actually, in this one, they wouldn't have to be. 
Right. So that would be interesting in this game where like the time machine would have to be between where two of the same numbers are touching. Uh, well, in terms actually, of creating you that could change. make the time machine though where it's two of the same, like two of the same creatures, two of the same. Like you, that's the thing because they're double sided. You could totally. I mean, you know, two sides. Okay, like, two yeah, ends. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It could be, yeah. So you could have one time machine of each, for that matter, or two of each. Yeah, and that's where we were kind of not sure whether the cards were uh, the machines or whether uh, there would be a different card for each machine. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, this, in the idea originally, it was just a deduction game, um, you know, but yeah, it's. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. It, that game is going <laughs> to, for what we're like, this will be an easy little tricky card game. This is going to be no problem. And it's been just incredibly difficult to make something fun out of it um, that lives up to the name Julio. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things we talked about is uh, the idea of having uh, a clue-like situation where you uh, have some mechanism of sharing knowledge with different players. Right, right. Where you make some sort of, of guess about what you think that it is. I mean, I think that's, that's, the, that's the big question that we have, right, is, is what's, the, what's the benefit of um, playing different cards at different times? Right, because the original idea for the game was I wanted to control what cards were being played to the tricks, basically, because mm-hmm. it was originally trick taking because yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. want to see um, forcing you to play certain cards by by leading a suit or a type yep. meant that I could f- pull out more information that would benefit me and not benefit you as much for instance if I had lots of cerebral yep. enhancers or whatever I want to or it was you know if I have specific types of um, a creature and I have a lot of those, I want to try and get more people to play those creatures because once you're out of those creatures, if it's that creature, I'll be able to predict that. Or if it's not that creature, I'll also know that before everyone else knows that. Yeah, we were saying, like, let's say you have seven of each uh, individual stats. If you have two of them and you get other, if you get people to play five of the other ones, you now know that that's not what's on the card. Right, and no one else knows that. Yeah, because you're the only one that has those two cards. I still, I mean, I, did we decide that that's a bad approach? Because I still, I mean, I think that part of it is, that is was, fairly interesting. That was the one where it turned into just counting cards. Like yeah, it was which just, is, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> but it was purely counting cards and it wasn't fun. I mean, you know, people yeah. hated it, like really legit hated <laughs> it. Like our friends were like, this is awful. It's like, Thanks. we told them it was going to be awful. Yeah. But I don't think I sold it enough. Like how bad it was going mm. to be. Because I think I felt like it might work a little better than it did, but I was I was really wrong, like super wrong. Yeah, I think that was at Origins that we we tried to play that. Ah, uh, no, that one was at Grand Con, I think. Oh, it was at Grand Con. Yeah, it was right. bad. It was I blocked most of it out because it was so bad, um, and people were just like, "I don't like this." <laughs> so builders, if once again for our topic and for. Our uh, the the pitch we did today. If you have any ideas, let us know. Yes, please do. Please do. So, well, hey, it's been fun having you on the show. It's a good time. Good to get to chat, catch up on some things. Uh, we were seeing each other quite a bit there for a while, and then and then everything went crazy. Uh, er, than it even did at the beginning of the whole pandemic thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. The way that I've been saying it is that my life is too many decisions every day yes yes i which is weird like being stuck at home and everything you'd think that that wouldn't be true but right uh, i've yeah right. having to make a lot of decisions every single day yeah constantly yep i find too that like for like i should not be super busy because i'm at home right yeah but like i have a list of four thousand things i need to get done and i can't get any of them done because well i don't know why because it never seems like there's enough time of the day, even though we don't go anywhere. So, yeah. That's why you got to set aside time for play. I'm not even trying to set aside time for play. I'm trying to set aside time to get some stuff done. <laughs> Ugh. It's the worst. Anyways, first world problems, I know. But, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for being on the show. It was a good time. Yeah. I have to have you back sooner next time. 
uh, even though you don't feel like it was that far, but really, it probably was. Uh, it's probably been if, months and months. If the builders months. demand it, then then I'll be and there. And they always do. They always yep. do. So, all right. Well, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at podcast uh, at buildingthegamepodcast.com, uh, buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com for the email, 770-TELL-BTG to leave us a message. And uh, I am at Podcast BTG or at J.A. Slingerland. Neil is at Potted Meat. You can also yep. find it on Facebook, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those other lovely podcast places. And until next time, a good night. It's the part where you're supposed to say good night. Good night. I was, I was doing the old outro in my head. <laughs> nice. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770 tell BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>